What is up, everybody? It's Jeff Morton here, your solo CSG podcast host. Um, it, right, Nate and Ross will some will be back sometime. Uh, that's the usual. I'm going to put like a disclaimer. I, I'm going to have to uh, pre-record a disclaimer uh, <laughs> for me saying this, so I don't have to say it every episode. Um, before I get started, I want to tell you I will be once again recording this CSG outside. Um, Basically, because, uh, long story short, I have very loud air conditioners, and they will drown out my uh, podcast, and I kind of have to run them, because if I don't, I will basically uh, die of of heat. So, uh, you guys don't want me dying while I'm recording CSG? I'm assuming. So, uh, you know, unless you really, really hate the solo CSGs, uh, I would prefer to stay alive. So, anyway, uh, that's why you will hear a lot of ambient noise. Also, a little bit of maintenance here. Um, I actually will be announcing soon, uh, like, a, like a new project I'm going to be doing. And uh, it's a project that I'm work- I've been working on for a while uh it it's, will be a separate podcast now csg's not going anywhere uh i in fact if anything i'm probably going to record more uh i hope you guys don't mind the frequency here there's been there's been news uh, but i'm going to try to do a different kind of podcast and i'll be letting you guys know on that uh soon uh what i'll be doing and where it's going to be located and all that stuff but like i said csg's not going anywhere uh i love doing this too much <laughs> it is. It is a. It's a fun experience for me. Um, this is my baby, uh, and as someone who you know, I wasn't a, a, an originator, uh, but uh, I have been doing CSG since basically 2012, which was mid about six months after it started. So, honestly, I, I just enjoy doing this podcast a ton, but I want to do something else too that features some other subjects, so I'll be announcing that soon. Before I get started, I would like to talk about King Law Firm. Uh, They are a sponsor of the Solo CSG Podcasts. Um, Basically, just to really boil it down, if you are, find yourself in a situation where you need, you can no longer work and you need disability coverage, you need social security disability, you really should go to King Law Firm. Uh, they are the best in town at being an advocate for Social Security disability. Um, if you really, as someone who has a fam- had a family member, has a family member who had to go through that process, uh, I could tell you it's long, arduous, and they do not make it easy for you. You do need someone in your corner, and there's no one better, no one better than King Law Firm. They also do personal injury law and many other things. Uh, if you go in, ask for Kylan King. Their website is kinglawfirmco.com. That is kinglawfirmco.com. And tell them Jeff Morton sent you in. Well, uh, one of the reasons, I, you know, I recorded a podcast yesterday and quite frankly, um, as sometimes it turns out, Everything, almost everything I said on that podcast turned out to be inaccurate the day later because that's the way NBA free agency rolls. 
Uh, I will talk about one specific inaccuracy in just a little bit. Um, but to recap the news, uh, Denver re-signed their best player, Nikola Jokic, uh, to a five-year, roughly $146 million deal. Uh, I believe that was pretty much telegraphed. No drama there. Uh, no muss, no fuss. It was just it was going to be easy from the start. Uh, what was surprising, and how I was really inaccurate, was the contract that they ended up signing for Will Barton. Um, I had a feeling that they were going to sign Will Barton. Uh, I did not know that it was going to be for four years and $53 million, which surprised me. Uh, if anyone listened to the podcast yesterday, uh, you will know that I kind of had a feeling that it would be three years. I didn't know what the final number would be. But I had no clue that it would be as much per year as four years at 50, $56 million. 50, yeah, $53 million, excuse me. Um, that number was quite a bit more than I anticipated. And it, what it did was kick the Nuggets into extremely high tax territory. Um, as they sit right now... And keeping in mind, they still need to sign Michael Porter Jr. Uh, they are sitting at, as far as tax goes, roughly, there's been a lot of different estimates, but roughly $197 million total with payroll and luxury tax. Uh, that is a lot of money for a team that uh, didn't even make the playoffs. Now, the Nuggets do believe that they uh, are a contending team. Uh, not, I wish I shouldn't say contending, but they, they are a playoff team, firmly a playoff team. And I do know that, uh, they will go into the tax for a uh, team they believe is in the playoffs. I don't think necessarily dipping into the tax is the issue. Uh, it is the, what amounts to, I believe in close to $60 million in tax, maybe a little less. Maybe a little less, but maybe we're talking about fifty-something million dollars in tax after paying with the penalties, uh, because they multiply differently as you get as you get further into the tax. Uh, I think the first five million, or uh, roughly, it's about a dollar fifty, and then after that, it goes up to dollar seventy-five, and so on up uh, for every dollar you're into the tax. So that tells you. The, the, the multipliers nailed the nuggets on that. And, and that's the way the NBA kind of put that in 2011 to r roughly hard cap teams um, into, you know, uh, not being a big market luxury tax team. The nuggets, I, I think it's inevitable that they will be looking to lessen their tax bill uh, and wrapped up all, in all this talk about it because obviously as we've discussed Wilson Chandler, Darrell Arthur Kenneth Fareed three expiring contracts totaling uh, roughly 33 million 32, 33 million um, I'm just I'm doing math right off the top of my head here uh, that's a lot of money. So if you can reduce that bill way down um, by getting, you know, sending out all three, 
that would be good. I don't think the Nuggets want to give up a draft pick. Um, I think they have been very reluctant in doing that, and I think that has been a that has been a factor in why there hasn't been a deal done. I think teams are waiting for the Nuggets to include a pick, and I think the Nuggets really, really don't want to. And this this will probably go on for a while because the Nuggets don't have to do anything until. The trade deadline, right? That money's going to be hovering around. They have to, like, basically the way the league sets it up, if you are at a certain uh, payroll by the end of the year, you get nailed with the tax. You have an opportunity to get back under the tax at the trade deadline. So you're talking February. Then it's basically have till February to make a decision. So they're under no pressure at the moment to just, you know, bail out and give someone a pick. And I think that that part is, it needs to be expressed a lot. So they don't need to rush into a, a bad deal where it hurts them. As I explained, and I explained all this at the last podcast, where it hurts them is that they don't have access to the full mid-level exception, which I believe the mini MLE was set at $5 million. Um, and I believe the full MLE is somewhere in the eight, seven to $8 million range. Um, that kind of money makes a difference. Uh, if you don't have the full MLE, you just you just don't have the ability to get some of the more premium role-playing free agents out there. So that is another thing that, that the NBA has put into functionally hard-capped teams once they get into the tax, uh, along with repeater taxes and all this stuff. So essentially, the Nuggets you know, have some decisions to make. Well... Let me tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. And this kind of goes in with what where we've been talking about with uh, the Nuggets needing to clear salary and trades and all that stuff. Um, in, late last night, and we're talking about one twenty in the morning mountain time. I was sound asleep. I was dead asleep. Then I randomly woke up, you know, just, as you do. I, I, random, I randomly woke up, and it just, you know, as as people do in 2018, I checked my phone, because, of course, I did. And you do that because you want to check up on late-breaking news that happened since you fell asleep at, like, 11 o'clock at night. So I'm groggily and very groggily looking at my phone, and what do I see is Chris Mannix... Uh, from Yahoo Sports, tweeting that the Nuggets are aggressively pursuing a meeting with LeBron James. Well, that was an interesting thing to wake up to. Uh, What I can say is this. Every team on the face of the NBA is looking to get a meeting with LeBron James unless they don't have him in whatever realm of, of plan that they've got. Every, every team wants a meeting with LeBron James. Every team really wants to have a meeting with LeBron James. The Nuggets likely uh, were pursuing, are pursuing a meeting. And look, they got a meeting with Dwayne Wade. Um, they were able to lure in Paul Millsap. Um, they have people uh, associated with other uh, more famous uh 
sports teams in town who probably would be willing to help them recruit. I mean, that, why not? As, as people say, shoot your shot. You know, you make 100% of the, you don't make 100% of the shots you, you don't take, you know. And you can see the Nuggets are like, let's do this. Problem with that being, uh, the Nuggets would have to clear, in order to even pay LeBron James the max, would have to clear out not only the three remaining expiring deals, uh, but they would also have to probably clear out Paul Millsap and his $30 million effectively expiring deal because he has a uh, team option in the third year. And maybe a player on top of that, maybe Gary Harris, maybe Mason Plumley. You're looking at sending out maybe five to six players and getting nothing in return just to sign LeBron James. Functionally speaking, and let's just look at, at this in a pragmatic sense. Functionally speaking, yes, everyone would do it. And if LeBron said, yeah, I want to come to Denver, you start calling people and you just start dumping salary like you wouldn't believe. That is that is. That is one of those things that you just do. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. You just go ahead and start doing it. Um, but it, functionally speaking, it is hard. And it is hard to just start dumping salary. Um, those contracts, those contracts, effectively, would get you to where you can give LeBron a max deal. And still keep uh, Jamal Murray. The interesting thing about it is uh, Mannix's tweet focused on Jokic, Murray, and Will Burton. And I was uh, kind of taken aback at the fact that he didn't mention Gary Harris in that. Now, that could have been an oversight on Mannix's part. I don't know. I don't know who Mannix talks to. Um, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll throw this out there. In the, in the media world... Here, I'll tell you this story. It's not really a story, but I'll give you an example. Uh, Adam Schefter, well-known, uh, has a great relationship with the Denver Broncos. Uh, that is, this stems from his time as a writer at the Rocky Mountain News and the Denver Post. And uh, it is, he had a great relationship with Mike Shanahan. He had a great relationship with uh, John Elway. A great relationship with Pat Bolin. It, there was just a tremendous, tremendous relationship with Adam Schefter and the Broncos. So you know that anything that comes from Adam Schefter means a lot. And it means that it's coming directly from the Broncos, for good or bad. It could be the Broncos using Schefter as a mouthpiece to get their agenda out. It could be that they want to break news, all of that. But it's Broncos-centric. Uh, like with the Nuggets, if it comes from Woj, it's very similar, even though he doesn't have quite the relationship that Adam Schefter does with Broncos. Uh, Woj still, you know, you know, when if it comes from him, it comes from a, it comes from a place. It comes from a good place that you know that it's either official or borderline official or, you know, Woj is plugged in. I don't know who Chris Mannix talks to. I, I, I have rarely heard him tweet about the Nuggets or read him uh, tweet about the Nuggets. Rarely. 
Um, so at least with not the, not the frequency that others do. So as I take a drink of Dunkin' Donuts coffee, um, which, uh, as everyone knows, I love, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, if anyone from Dunkin' Donuts is listening to this as a quick segue, uh, I would gladly take you as a sponsor for the CSG podcast. Um, I don't know why you would be, would be listening to CSG, but there we go. Anyway. Um, you know, certain guys have certain stories and certain angles, and it's just the way things work. It's just the way media works now. I don't know who Mannix talks to, and I don't know why this came out. Like I said, everyone wants a meeting with LeBron. Everyone does. So the significance of it coming out and the way it came out is something that I, I, I probably still want to I, I want to tell, I want to say that you want to analyze how it comes out who it comes out from and think about who they're talking to, who, you know, what they're doing, what's the agenda, all that stuff. Because really, uh, NBA media and NBA leaks is very political. And look, I rarely break news. I rarely break news, but I try to source my, my quote unquote breaking news. The two, three times that I've done it with multiple people I talk to. Okay. But I am not what you would call someone who is going to get out there and break news on Twitter. I'm just not going to do it. There are people you know who are going to do that. And Mannix does. And Mannix has a great relationship with the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, he is located basically in Boston. And it's just, you just know if it comes from Mannix uh, that he's probably talking to Danny Ainge. And there you go. Right? But when it comes to the Nuggets, I have no clue. And, I, and that was what was bugging me last night when I saw it. It's like, who is telling Chris Mannix this? Um, and that's not to say he doesn't have an existing relationship with the Nuggets. I just don't know. Because it didn't come from the usual guys. So there's something to think about. I don't necessarily think that even... I don't necessarily anticipate the Nuggets being able to get a meeting with LeBron James. But the fact that they're pursuing it, you know, look, it's notable in that sense. Uh, I don't want to tampen everyone's dreams, but it's it kind of, you know, it is what it is. Uh, at this point, I'm thinking it's either going to be the Lakers, maybe an outside, and I do way outside chance, the 76ers. Uh, it's going to be, but to me, either he stays home with Cleveland or goes to the Lakers. You know, uh, to address this right, right as I'm closing the podcast. Whenever NBA free agency rolls around, you get the same sad sack mantra from people who are complaining like, oh, Denver's, I don't know why players have so much of a problem with Denver in the NBA. It's not like the NFL. They love Denver in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. There's a big difference between the NBA and the NFL. The NBA, NFL system is designed to force you into free agency. Um, it's, it's what people call churn, right? They want, they want churn to happen. They want everyone to be able to create a market. So you only do that when you have more people available for, in a pool. So the, the system is designed with non-guaranteed deals to push everyone into free agency. That's why trades until recently in the NFL were so rare. The NBA is different. It's much more select. And it's also another another thing that I think people kind of forget. 
most of the players who uh, are free agents don't get to see and experience the city. When you uh, come into Denver as a player, you fly into DIA, which is basically Kansas, and then you have to drive like 30 minutes into Denver. You see the hotel, which is about five minutes away from Pepsi Center, and you go to Pepsi Center, you go back to the hotel, and you drive another 30 minutes out to Kansas to uh, go to the airport, and then you, you leave. Uh, players never experience the city. Players never be, aren't able to really delve into why, if, say, if you're a Denver resident like I am, why you love the city. Um, it's just it, you don't get to see it. I, I, I mean, NFL players do a little bit more. Um, they get to experience it a little bit more. I don't think it's as stark as there's not as many minorities uh, in Denver, and not as many, and not as much of an urban atmosphere, not as much as a, of a uh, city culture in Denver. Um, I think that it's one of those things that Tim Connolly always said this: is like once they get here, they like it more, right? There is one factor that I will point out that kind of hurts Denver: is the crowds are kind of laid back and tepid. I've noticed this lately. Uh, with the NBA. One of the reasons that players go and have been going to Golden State is they love the crowd. Paul George recently re-upped with the Oklahoma City Thunder, surprising everyone, and he did it for four years. One of the reasons he did is that the crowd, I mean, I may have my quibbles with, as if you, anyone who's listened to CSG for the last six years knows, uh, I have my quibbles with maybe some of the attitudes in Oklahoma City and the way I was treated personally. But you can't question the crowd. The crowd is into it. It's same thing with Portland. Same thing with other, other areas in the NBA. I mean, Philadelphia. It's, it is one of those situations where they come to Denver on a random night in January where you really have reached the midpoint of the NBA season and it's just the doldrums. You get to see maybe seven, 8,000 people there and they aren't cheering and they're looking at their phones. They're kind of disinterested. It's, it's a, it affects people. Now, it's on the Nuggets to put out a better product and it's on the Nuggets to put out a winning team. You know, you win, people will come back, all that stuff. It's not necessarily about that. But the NBA players nowadays really want to see a loud and raucous arena. And Denver crowds since about the mid oh maybe the late 90s when the nuggets went that really really rough spot have just been rather tepid and outside of a couple pockets 2009 was a great example uh where crowds were really great um and so and late and i do mean late in the 57 win season in 2013 and that was late did the you know, crowds improve and get more raucous and into the game, and and that happened. But by and large, the crowds are kind of, eh. and it's not necessarily a fault. It's just a it's a culture thing, and uh, I think that NBA players see that and they think, well, this they, they they don't care about the team, right? So you combine that with not being able to experience the city, and you're kind of behind the eight ball. But it's not a terminal thing. 
right? You just need to A, get someone into the city to experience it. Um, B, you have to have somewhat of a basketball culture um, there, right? You have to have it. And I think if Denver can, you got to start from somewhere. And then Denver is slow, the Nuggets are slowly building that up to where people are going to be more interactive, more participatory in the actual watching of the game at Pepsi Center, stuff like that. Once that happens, players will recognize it and they will think, okay, this is a place I want to be. It just takes time. And it's not a city thing. I don't think players, I've never had a, outside of a very small handful of players, I've never had anyone anyone really disparage the city of Denver. Um, it's just they don't know it. They don't experience it. And they need to get here first, you know. So that's the key, right? And just kind of putting people's uh, minds at ease with uh, the perception of the city of Denver and all that stuff. It's not as bad as we mentally think it is because of a situation where free agency is is not coming our way. It's such a limited market. There's not a lot of players available. It's just kind of the way that is. But once things turn around, it will improve. And, you know... That's a good. That would be a good reason for the Nuggets making it known if they did, that they are trying to pursue a meeting with LeBron James. You never know. All right, thank you all for joining me on this uh, latest solo CSG, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye bye.